0: So, uh, so I'm Barbies Schroeder, the director of this movie, and I'm Lee Percy, the editor of this
1: movie. And we'll be talking our way through on uh, many subjects, both about the making of the film itself as well as the intent and value of the story?
0: Okay, so every credit of every one of my movies, I try to say the maximum in the credits. So here we are in a little town. Obviously, the snow is very important. We're going to deal with this story of the snow later. But here we see the courthouse next to the church. So this is already beginning by two essential important location of this very small little town, a very small town, (laughs) and here immediately we have an image that says something also about the movie, because we are going to see parents watching children, making sure they are okay. This is the shot. So, already I try to say something about the movie with this. And then we go on uh, saying things. Of course, that's, again, the family, the school, the American life, the ordinary life of millions of people. And here we enter the theme where... We try to find life below the ice. And uh, so this for me is very magical. The idea of going and looking under the ice. And of course, this was an incredible difficult shoot sh- shot to, do, to, to get. But we did it because I thought it was really important because we needed a little bit of splendor in the beginning dealing with ice still
1: and then we have the beauty of nature
0: and now
1: juxtaposed
0: now we understand why we absolutely needed the snow because otherwise that scene would have been in the mud and We understand why you need the snow, because those are the traces of the murderer that is leaving the scene of the crime. And this is a lonely place where there is nature and animals. And this is our main character. He's a sculptor. He is a, a, a great artist, he has exhibitions, but he's really not uh, an intellectual. He's very technical. He loves to uh, work uh, his art as if it was a, a craft. And uh Now we are going to see The result of his work, and we see the location where he's working down there in the garage, and he's going to his house. In the back, we see one of his work, and there is another one of his work that is right in front of the house.
1: And they're very reflective of the character. They're bold. They're strong.
0: Right. And yes, Stuart Wutzel really studied a lot of artists. Here is a poster— of of his work so we are establishing uh his character and his art and the type of artist he is is. and here is a voiceover the only one in the movie the only character that has enough distance to make comments is the little girl and we will hear At the end again, so this is like a bookend, a voiceover, beginning and end.
1: And in this shot, we establish again their house. It tells you about them, their status. I didn't know that for us. Where we are. This is the before. Yes, this is before, and we try to
0: do as much as possible the house that every American dream of having, dreams of having. So nothing super fancy, but, of course, nothing that everybody can afford, but everybody dreams of affording. (laughs) This is the blue screen. Uh, We try to reproduce exactly in studio the, uh, the house that we saw from the outside, so it's respecting exactly the architecture. So, here she is at work. So, that's the... And, and we heard the first dark note during the voiceover that was saying before and after. Uh, and we heard that that was some kind of a dark note. And here we have another big dark note. No, the very first dark note was the bloody hand in the snow. And so this is the third dark note is coming in.
2: Well. He's gone, oh, damn it, there's still a chance. Give me
1: and in this scene, you also get the sense that it's a small town because everybody knows everybody else. Uh, everybody knows the girl who's died. Um... As does Dr. Ryan, who's the character Meryl Streep is playing.
3: Do we know who this is?
2: Martha Taverner. Can you move this down to sea, please?
3: Martha Taverner. Oh, I've met her. I even treated her once, I think, when you were on vacation, Trigley, remember?
1: So you get the sense that the older doctor was her regular physician. So that this is... Affecting everybody in the room, there, we did this, could be anywhere. and
0: here he says the, it's still out there. The guy who did this, he could be anywhere. So we have a suspense now. There is a murderer loose uh, in the in the neighborhood, and uh, of course that's super dark note. That's very important because now we're gonna slowly start to imagine that maybe the murderer is closer to home than we thought. Parking is getting sloppier than ever. He she doesn't like the way his car was parked. So that means that he came back. That's a very important information. He came back and he was in a hurry, he parked his car badly.
1: Hey. It's also worth pointing out as a side note that uh, a lot of the artwork in the movie was actually done by David Gummer, who is uh, Meryl Streep's real-life husband and is an artist.
4: We had an event at the hospital today. Event? Dad, come quick!
0: <sighs> and here is a great friend of the family who happens to be also a cop. And he's a wonderful performance where you can feel he's a friend and he has to play the part of the cop. Uh, so
1: Daniel Von Bargen uh, is the actor's name. And he has a difficult role to convey several emotions at once.
4: Is Jacob around? He's up in his room, I guess. With well, those damn headphones on, you know Jacob.
3: You didn't see him come in? I was in
4: the
0: studio
3: need for something you want us to get in front? I'll go.
0: Yeah, come on. Man. So, uh, you know, we try always in the screenplay to introduce suspense, some kind of suspense at every moment of every scene. Happened out on a
4: poor farm road today. something pretty bad. A girl got herself killed.
3: I know. I saw her. What? We had her in ER. Beyond saving, I mean, it was it was awful. That's
4: what I was going to tell you when I came in. God. What does that have to do with Jacob? Oh, God, I don't want to have to tell you this. I really don't. Jacob was seen with the girl. He picked her up from work.
1: Something chilling about this scene, just the way that, that change can walk into your house. You see the, the beginnings of dinner, you see right. the evening life of the family, and then this man still dressed for outside, uh, delivering news that will change their lives forever.
0: And we were very careful that this is a family that was, you couldn't be more ordinary, more daily. There was nothing weird about them and uh, uh, something terrible happened to them. And so this could happen to anybody. That was really the, the goal of this, to feel that this could happen to absolutely everybody.
4: Wait a minute! Wait a minute! You can't do this. Do what? You can't do this. You can't go snubbing around in somebody else's car. I mean, legally, that's my car.
2: You don't.
0: So he's a hot-blooded, and here we see the two point of view of the two parents that start to fight. They start to uh, to go against one other, another. Uh, it was. It's never. Uh, something where there is hate between them what unites them and the whole family nonstop all over the movie is love it's just different forms of loving that car might give us some
1: answers but here we introduce the essential conflict of the film uh, and the conflict between the two parents that will carry them carry the whole story really right
4: is there something that you know that you're not telling me? <sighs> How about it, Judith, you know... Hey, hey. N-
0: and now we don't know if the little girl knows something, another little suspense.
4: I know my son. He's just trying to help us find him, darling.
0: He's very hot-blooded.
4: But if I have to, I will go find Judge Grady and I will get a search... Yeah, yeah, well you right do that.
3: Okay. You looked upstairs you sure you looked every place We should have let him look in the car
4: then the hell we should have not without a lawyer telling me I have to no, we've got rights here Wherever he is, whatever they think he did, Jacob has rights to.
3: We just have to take this one step at a time, OK? You and I will look in the house, top to bottom.
4: I'll take out the garage and studio. And if
3: he's not there, we'll just start calling his friends.
4: Carol, better call Wendell, too.
1: So now this was filmed so that we really are with discovering this with Ben, following his actions.
0: I love the messy parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, his room is, is the perfect work of creating a mess. Uh, it was very well done by the uh, art decoration team. Reflecting the temperament and the psychology of the child. Uh, All those little details are very important.
1: Now we learn something about Ben, which I believe also helps us learn something about ourselves, which is how does he react when he finds this evidence? And confronts the fact that his son may be culpable in this murder.
3: I know that, Wendell. Mom, wait, wait. When Fran comes back, we'll be perfectly I know it's a small town, but it's our town, too. He will, I promise. I promise. Just hurry, okay? Lawyers.
1: So
0: she's talking to a lawyer already, but that's the family
1: lawyer. And now part of the background mystery
5: Me and Daddy, you know, they they had another fight. What? You know that Jacob wants to turn a big car for the winter dance and like ride around all night?
2: Mm-hmm.
5: So Daddy goes, how are you planning to pay for it? We've got rules about this sort of thing, mister. It's time you learn to pay your own way, Jacob. Mom, he knows Jake could never save up in time. He knows that. Mm-hmm. But like, Jake's such a big dope, he already promised rides to all his creepy friends. He's already bragged about it to Martha.
3: Martha, you knew about this girl? Jude, how long, how long uh, they been? I think
1: Meryl does a beautiful job of both comforting her daughter and at the same time eliciting information uh, that she needs to protect her son. A- you can see the conflict
5: artist. It's like rules don't apply to you, but they should always apply to me. You're a hypocrite, Jake said. And daddy, daddy just totally lost it. But it was never that bad.
0: So he lost it again. He's really somebody who can lose his temper. We will see that again and again in the movie, but that's part of his integrity also. Uh, as a as an artist, uh, he always defends what uh, what he does and what he is, and uh, is uh, is it's part of his good side. And here, this is where the good side may lead to defend his son, no matter what and to take the risk of destroying something that could be actually useful for his son. So it becomes,
1: again, an ambiguous choice. When Barbet and I were discussing the movie as we were editing it, uh, we both felt um, that we would have the same emotional reaction that uh, Ben Ryan has, which is to destroy the evidence, protect his family, Almost instinctively, it isn't like he thought about destroying evidence, or how he would deal with it, or, or what the ramifications would be. It was a, it was a almost animal uh, instinct to protect the young.
0: Exactly, exactly. That. Uh,
1: and we both felt that we would do the same thing in the same in that situation.
0: And uh, uh, we both felt that the audience was going to be completely uh, split in two. Uh, one uh, part of the audience, 50%, would side with the father, saying, "Yes, I, I would do the same thing. I understand him. It's completely understandable." And the other half would side w- w- with uh, with Caroline, with with the mother. So that was the whole di- uh, mechanism, dramatic mechanism of the movie. Uh, those two uh, position and how the drama evolved from that so now of course it's it's one mistake of putting another
1: It's also interesting how Howard Shore's score uh, really amplifies the the tension and the drama of the moment. Um, you know, it almost makes me think of of uh, Hitchcock, uh, not in a way that's old right, fashioned, but right. in a very good way. The way that yeah, the, the yeah. music uh, really heightens the emotion and the experience.
0: Well, and what is nice is that it's all completely natural in daily life, and uh, this this is not. Nothing is a big uh, deal for the moment because he just found a car and he's destroying this. And, of course, when the police is there, it becomes much more dramatic. But otherwise, he's just doing what he has to do. And, of course, the big Hitchcockian thing.
4: (laughs) A right to be in my own garage. How long you been out here? a couple of minutes all I did was look around and I sure didn't see anything wrong either. Keys Ben. <laughs> what about the warrant? Oh, ben you are asking for trouble on this. you're not thinking clear. How can I help you? You don't even trust me. It's
1: all yours.
0: Now the smoke that's coming out—I don't know what you call it—out of their mouths was real. It was uh, extremely cold. (laughs) (laughs) That you can't, you can't recreate that anywhere. (laughs) I've
4: got supplies.
1: Well, it's worth pointing out that. As we said at the beginning, snow is an essential element uh, to the story and to understanding the story and making the story work. And this film was shot uh, in the Berkshires of Western Massachusetts, uh, in part because uh, everyone was sure there would be plenty of snow um, to fill in all the exterior scenes uh, because none of them were uh, shot in the studio. It's all staged outside for real. And that particular winter uh, was the first of what now are many uh, with no snow whatsoever. So um, it fell to the production designer Stuart Wurzel and his people to um, make it as snowy as they possibly could. They they commandeered the snow machines uh, from every ski resort within 100 miles and um, were producing snow... Uh, on the set, uh, starting a couple of days before th- that set was scheduled to be used for shooting, um, here's the bedroom where they've done a beautiful job dressing. <laughs> yes, this is
0: this is totally believable and real. So
1: this the these these production designers. Um, got to a point where you could uh, talk to them about all different kinds of snow that they were manufacturing. They had different chemicals that they'd put in the snow machines and they could have um, crunchy snow and uh, crystalline snow. And uh, then on for buildings in the distance, they would actually put uh, cotton batting and white material on the roof uh, in the backgrounds uh, to try to make the whole, all of these scenes with snow, uh, believable, which they are. They're totally convincing. But uh, it was a struggle that kept the art department trying to stay one or two days ahead of the arrival of the production in any particular location to make sure that we had the right snow there uh, to tell the story.
0: And here we have a very painful privacy invasion by the police. Uh, this is really completely... Uh, Horrifying for the two parents.
1: Nicely staged. It's great the way you have the the two actors in the foreground with the police tearing up the son's bedroom in the background.
0: Okay, now here we get an important element.
4: Hidden in his top drawer. So
0: so this was a great actress that was extremely young alison fulland she was 15 year old i think and she gave the feeling of a uh, of a working class girl and she was very sexy and very charming and uh, so the whole relationship between the the son and her which was secret uh, Partly, actually, partly because of the social class difference. I think it had something to do with him not introducing her to his parent.
4: One more thing. When did you loan Jacob your tire jack?
3: My?
0: That's a killer question.
4: Well, I'm just wondering why a beat up old Chevy has the jack from a
2: 94. Hold on.
1: And again, interesting staging, the way you have him below the two parents and then the lawyer inserts himself into the three-shot and pulls the cop away.
2: They are putting themselves in front of the law, Wendell, and does not help anybody.
3: Investigation. I understand that as a friend. Listen, listen, listen to me.
4: There was blood in the car. blood. Her blood. On his jack, blood everywhere.
3: How do you know it was our blood?
1: And I think this is a, a, a wonderful scene for both Liam Neeson and, and Meryl Streep where he starts out being certain of his point of view and then she inserts questions and at the end of it, neither one really knows quite what right. to make of the situation. But they do a great job with this scene. It's a difficult acting challenge that they and Barbet rose to.
3: that might save him. You can't just... What if you've destroyed evidence that would prove he's innocent?
0: And there is always... We have to think. We have to decide. The person that can watch everything and that can think... I'm sorry, but it's too late.
3: We've got to think of Jacob. But Jacob's innocent. Jacob's not a killer. If anything, he's in danger himself. How do you know that they were alone in that car? Someone else might have been there and killed that girl and taken Jacob, but now you're doing everything you can to keep the police from finding him. And what if it was just an accident and Jacob's off running, scared?
5: We don't know the facts, man. We don't even
1: know what really happened. So hopefully the audience was with him uh, when he instinctively was destroying the evidence, and now um, you had the instinctual behavior and and... Uh, this scene at the end, Meryl Streep is the intellectual behavior and, and again uh, challenges the audience to question uh, what is the right approach to this situation.
6: Fifty
2: bucks last year for the bike I'm on your side.
3: Wendell, there is something you should know. Hey! What is that? What is that, Ben Ryan? Are you gonna presume now to tell me when I can speak and when I have to be quiet?
1: And John Hurd, who was a wonderful actor in in so many movies, and always was this kind of a really solid presence uh, when he was in a scene. Now
0: we see the beginning of the town turning against a possible criminal.
3: Yes, you are. Aren't you proud? Oh, well, you haven't got much of a brain, but you've got mighty... Quick, reflex
4: it. And
1: again, when you see the wide shots, it's this beautiful, warm interior uh, with a fire in the fireplace. It looks like a kind of an idyllic life uh, that's gone on inside this house. And suddenly uh, it's invaded by the telephone, it's invaded by the lawyer, it's invaded by the club. Uh oh, it's burning (laughs) again
0: and there she's so desperate she wants to be on the spot where it happens she she wants to try to understand more and of course now we believe that she has found something she believes that she has found something and she's so desperate she started she started to try to understand So, this is the moment where we had to do fake snow. But we were lucky enough, now he tells him, that it's a dog, that they've been here, they've been checking all this, they know all about it. But this snow is something that we made. And we were so lucky that uh, when the day of the murder uh, or the accident, uh suddenly we had real snow falling that was the miracle of the of this movie of uh, uh, the shooting otherwise there was never any snow falling during the whole shoot even before the shoot
1: well, <laughs> except from the snow machines yeah. <laughs> but
0: it was the first time it happened this uh, oh and now of course we see the weapon Uh, is now part of the art, so who is going to find it there? (laughs) Wait
4: a minute. Wait a minute. This is
3: crazy. Well, I have to live my life. And this town has its needs, too. It doesn't just revolve around us and our problems. I'll either be back in 15 minutes with a black eye or I'll be there all day
1: they really convey a sense of really as he says of how much they care for each other through all of this conflict uh, uh, they do a lovely job Liam Neeson and Meryl Streep um, both representing the essential conflict of the film and at the same time um, managing to convey the family and the love of the parents
0: because the more they love each other the more they can love each their child each one in a different way but it's really a story of love in a family and of course this is the drama of the other family and this little girl sees a lot of things and never says anything but she sees a lot and she's very affected every time and the others are now also looking at her But there is always a good soul that is going to be next to her. But basically, there is a problem with the rest of the town against them for no reason whatsoever. Just the fact that the son is a suspected murderer of one of them, one of the young people in town, which is a real crime. in the mind of the people.
3: We just have to believe that somehow he'll he'll find his way back to us. He will.
0: But there is some other explanation for all this. I know there is. I know it. Okay, now a little time has passed and we we don't need to put too much snow. <laughs> And, of course, this is the big news, is that he sent, he's starting to send those postcards from all over the country. The sun.
4: Dear folks, it took a long time to get to Boston in that big storm. Wasn't sure we'd make it. I might move on. I might hang out here a while. We'll try to write. I know you don't pray, but pray now. I postmarked the day before yesterday. Carolyn, he's alive. This
3: is crazy. This isn't Jacob.
4: That's his handwriting.
3: No, no, no. Somebody made him write this.
4: What's the difference? The point is, at least right now, he's okay. What are you doing?
3: I'm calling Fran. I, I think it's Fran,
4: Carolyn, listen to me. Will you just just listen to me? Francis, this the first thing he'll do is get a court order to intercept our mail and tap our phones. Then you can forget about ever hearing from Jake again. And that's just for starters. They'll slap a manhunt all over Boston. He'll run again, God knows where. Think about it.
0: Do we really want him caught? That's the killer phrase. Do we really want him caught? I just want my boy back. I just <sighs> hold him again. That is the problem.
1: It's interesting that uh, this scene is actually in Great Barrington, Massachusetts, that's out the window, is really out the window. There's some remarkable uh, wide shots and uh, manipulation of light to keep the interior and exterior uh, all part of uh, the drama, all part of the story. There's more wide shots, I feel, in this movie than um, you might see in recent movies, and it really contextualizes. Um, the environment uh, contextualizes the lives of the characters Uh, so you get a sense um, of the town of the people of the rooms that they're in Uh, you know this is that's this I love this scene isn't it yeah
0: and uh, so we can really see the the social problem of their family and here she's finding out that there's less clients also so it's really affecting, in a little town, when somebody is mixed with that kind of murder, uh, it, it, it becomes a stain on the family.
1: And it's all one shot, from where she comes out of her office, walks towards us through the empty office, sees the busy office, and then disappears down this long, lonely corridor. Right. Um, all one very, um, if I may say, elegantly staged uh, moment to convey that information. Yeah. Two days later,
4: it's a new one, California.
3: What's this doing out? This spoils.
4: That's it. That's your whole reaction. <clears throat>
3: Look, you won't show these to Fran, all right. But you won't even show them to Wendell, Benny. And he's our lawyer. He's our friend.
4: If this gets out, we don't know how it might be used against him. In fact, it might come in handy later that we keep quiet. Handy? Wait, wait. Hello? Wendell. On the TV, channel three. Yeah, yeah, we got it. Cross America. <laughs> Jacob Ryan, the 16-year-old Highland resident, who is a suspect in the murder of Martha Taverner, was a fugitive for five weeks. The teenager, as reported moments ago, was arrested this afternoon in the building you see behind me. Apparently, the young fugitive was hiding in a friend's apartment. We understand that he is now being held in the juvenile detention center, and it is expected that he will be arraigned sometime tomorrow.
1: So now the character that's been absent for the first 40 minutes of the film that really has been uh, the driving force of the story, the big question, the big mystery at the heart of the, the first act of the movie um, is going to enter the story. And he's going to enter the
0: story in a way where he could be the murderer. We don't know. And he doesn't help us and uh, he doesn't help his parents, he doesn't help anybody. Uh, he remains some kind of a mystery.
1: And it's, so we're very much in the parents' shoes because as an audience, of course, we want to know what the story is, what he has to say. We want to hear him tell us everything. Right. And we think maybe that's what's going to happen. And of course, editing this, uh, it's very much a a match between the parents and um, Jacob, and very much um, both selecting the takes where the two parents in the two-shot are conveying their conflicting emotions and also picking out the pieces where Edward Furlong, um, who's playing Jacob, uh, best conveys uh, what we wanted to convey, which was kind of a, a, a mystery where you're not really sure is he refusing to talk, or um, what does he know? Um, to slowly see, uh, again, it's in a two-shot, so you're, you're balancing two performances by two actors, but you want to see how his silence uh, is affecting those two actors. So as, as we worked through, Barba and I looked at the takes and, and picked the moments to cut, um, you really begin to see the two parents having very different reactions to their son's Unexpected silence, which is frustrating us as an audience, along with them. Do you know what happened to
3: Martha? There is a warrant for you back in Highland. Do you understand right. that? But you may be able to come home first. They just have to have a a, a hearing in front of a judge. And and Wendell By will be right there with you, and Daddy and I will be right
1: there. And of course, at the same time, you can imagine any teenager with his parents both talking at the same time, trying to explain things, might look away like that and just refuse to speak.
0: this was unexpected for them. Don't waste his time, too.
1: In the moment between the father and son again, um, it's the isolated shot, so it's created in editing. But both of the actors conveyed that uh, strong feeling of something unsaid um, that really informs the conflict between the father and the son that will come out more uh, as the film progresses okay now now
0: we see the whole population that is trying to protest and he now this is a very fancy shot Mm -hmm because it's him looking at his own town from the point of view of uh, somebody in shackles, somebody who's going to the tribunal. Now we know where he's landing. So this this was a moment when we were on his face, discovering the town with another angle.
2: Jacob Ryan, you've heard the charge against you. In juvenile proceedings,
0: we enter a plea of true or not true. How say you to
2: this charge?
1: Not true. His first words in the movie.
2: Jacob Ryan is a longtime resident. He's a fine student. He's always been a flawless character. And he is still, at the moment, a minor. And therefore, we respectfully request that he be released on bond.
7: Jacob Ryan is charged with a terrible and almost unthinkable crime.
2: Moreover, the people will prove that he exacerbated that crime after the fact by his cunning,
7: deliberate, and cold-blooded destruction of evidence.
0: (laughs) Of course, now
7: and surely no daughter could feel safe with Jacob Ryan on the loose again. The people urge that bail be denied.
0: Now, the father has become a criminal also. Yeah.
1: boy is a threat to the general community. Your Honor, I was
7: also thinking of their threat to him.
1: Oh, another
0: nightmare. The fact that the... The community is a threat to him. Pre-trial release granted. Bond set at $250,000.
4: You say i
1: I love that cut from the, the judge's gavel to the <laughs> band on the screen.
4: Now listen, mister. You can do whatever the hell you want to with your catatonic self. But don't even think about opening this door. You hear me?
5: Jacob, I made you some cookies.
0: She has no success with him either. The cookies didn't work.
3: Sandwich or something.
5: Mom, what's wrong with him?
3: I think we just have to give him a few days, sweetie.
4: When we fought that morning, I raised my fist to him. I would have hit him. And we both knew it, Carol.
0: Now he feels guilty.
4: I sent him out into the world in that kind of rage. But
3: you didn't, Penny. You didn't hit him. And people do fight. They argue all the time
4: to blame for this, how can I ever make it up to
3: him? We don't even know what happened yet. If we start blaming ourselves or or each other, how are we going to get through this? When he's ready, and when he's able, he'll-
0: This is a very important part of the movie. They're, They're fighting about their son, or different ways to help their son but they totally love each other at the same time. And uh, so I wanted to have a a scene where this is really expressed. And actually, their love is a little bit of a refuge from their distress. And uh, that scene didn't go well with the studio, so we condensed it. Uh, and actually it didn't go well with the audience they didn't understand how parents could make love in a desperate situation and I thought this was on the contrary very interesting so at least the idea stays
1: <laughs> exactly and it's very human you know yeah. th- th- that they, they would I think so th- to experience the, the the release of that stress yeah. that they've been under, Incredible stress for so and long. Now
0: we cut to this, which is a great cut from from a sex scene of love scene to him not watching the television.
2: Yeah, the eyewitnesses. And what exactly do these people claim to have seen?
0: I love the scene of the little girl looking at his brother. And he's looking at the television where there is nothing and he's crying. There's so many things in that situation. Well,
2: she has to say that, doesn't she? She'll have a found the murder
4: weapon. But but surely that helps our our case. I mean, you're saying that we get a lousy
0: you- We talk about the murder weapon. We know now where the murder weapon is. <laughs> I don't
4: understand, Wendell. Why are you dropping out on us?
6: I wouldn't, uh, it's not that.
2: Look, I, I do mortgage closings.
0: Yeah, the guy, he is realizing that he's not up to, he wouldn't do the, the right thing to, to help them as a lawyer and that he needs a professional.
1: And again, it's remarkable the way John heard plays that moment and struggles to mm-hmm. get the idea out just uh, the way the character would he's um, a wonderful intuitive actor
2: Right. You'll have
1: Jacob's no, I, I, uh, what about
0: the truth what happened? for me every, the casting of every, every little part in this movie was an extraordinary work of art in which I was really helped also by Howard Feuer my dear friend that, with whom I, I casted so many movies
1: and speaking of good casting,
0: here comes another one, Alfred Molina. And uh, he's so busy he had barely the time. He doesn't have time to eat, so he's eating in front of his clients. And he goes straight to the fact. They were
6: five years old. They still deserve a good defense, right? Uh, do you mind if I eat we talk?
0: There's a little bit of a class difference between him
1: and them, also. I think. He's a total pragmatist, whereas each of them, Ben and Carolyn, in their own way, still has their head in the clouds, and still imagines, each in his or her own way, that there's a solution. Long enough,
6: maybe this
1: whole thing will just <laughs> Teenagers, huh? God help us. <clears throat> so. <clears throat> Who came up with the idea of the sandwich in the screenplay?
0: <coughs> I don't remember, uh, but that was important for the character, for sure. It's a great and, character moment, mm-hmm.
1: yeah.
0: Uh, just now, now, this is the moment where I would like to read the phrase that was so essential for us and for the movie, uh, because we're dealing now with that subject. And that was a phrase that was so important that we put it on the first page of the screenplay, the title page. And of course we couldn't put it on the movie because it would have been. It's from Reinhold Niebuhr, which is a great uh, theologian and uh, uh, ethicist, really a great thinker. And he says, family life is too intimate to be Preserved by the spirit of justice, family life is too intimate to be preserved by the spirit of justice. It can be sustained by the spirit of love, which goes beyond justice. So that was the idea of the of the film. That was the idea that we were developing. That was the theme of the movie. And here again, we have to see we we see their conflict.
6: Always somebody's son or Don't daughter. you
3: patronize me, sir, because I... Hey, do-
0: so she she can get pretty uh, warmed cool. up also, and, and she's going to show what happens when she's like that a little later. Get up in front of that
6: jury ...and argue that your son is not guilty by reason of diminished mental capacity, that he was drunk... Stoned, yes, bombed out of his skull on crack. My son does not do drugs. He may be your son, Mr. Ryan, but he would be my client and I would not ask your permission for how I choose to defend him. I'm gonna have to do whatever it takes. And if you don't like my style, wait till you hear the prosecution. Listen, Dr. Ryan, you wanna jump in the trenches with me? Well, you better muscle up and lose your bedside manner and trust me to be as good at my job as you are yours.
0: Big trouble mm-hmm. for both of them. Will you take our case?
6: For your son, yeah. I'll defend Jacob.
0: So <clears throat> he thinks he can pull it out with the elements he has for the moment. This is their little cabin when they were children, where they were playing, and this is where she goes to see if he's there. She knows he's there, but she wants to speak to him.
1: It's their little hiding place again really a beautiful image very striking that right. the giant tree pretty
0: comfortable cabin yeah <laughs> and here we have we see the branches of the tree that's wonderful Okay, that's cool I
5: understand But just so you know, when you were in that jail, I tried to come. They wouldn't let me. Jake, I really wanted to see you. They act like they have to protect me from all of this. Sure, they can't even protect themselves. And I hear plenty. I know what's going on. Like, mom's had to close her office. She says it's just temporary. Sure, give me a break.
0: She knows everything that's going on. She's witnessed to so many things that she doesn't understand completely. But this is really a character that we, every time we see a shot, a separate shot on her, she is witnessing something, and we're trying to imagine what she thinks in her head every time. And finally, he starts confessing and telling us what he did. What he did for the postcards.
7: Like I'd sit in one of those chairs, you know, in the waiting area at the airport. I'd shut my eyes like this
3: and sit.
0: And then these are the shots where he's the most beautiful He he doesn't look freaky like before. He he becomes much more human and truly beautiful. He's such a sensitive actor that you really feel for him when you see him like that. And that's why you can go into that scene and be close to him. Now, that scene was... There was one super extraordinary take, was the first take of him. And it was unfortunately in the white shot, because we normally do the white shot to know the lights and that, and I always regret not to have a second camera. In our days, after having been the first person to do a, a, a feature in digital, uh, in Colombia, I did uh, Our Lady of the Assassin with two or three cameras. And before, it was difficult for the budget because the film was costing too much and so on. And I really regret all my life not to have a close-up of his great performance that we have in a wide shot. But of course, you know, is still good, but it was exceptional. It was very often sometimes... People have just one take in them.
1: So subsequently, of course, they did many takes uh, on this close-up and you, you really need to be in the close-up for this scene where he's telling us what happened. Right. And um, so in editing the scene, we could go through and pick the very best moments of the close-up uh, and then um, cut back and forth to the parents. So it gave us a little bit of leeway in the editing to pull out his best performance and, of course, the parents' uh, uh, as well, but... Um, and do they hide the weapon and destroy evidence and lie to the police? And to go wide when you need to see the relationship of the family.
7: How am I supposed to just sit here and talk about killing somebody? Jake, stop running. You're home now. Stop running. If I tell you what happened, it wasn't me. It wasn't me, all right?
1: And this next shot of the parents, I think, is beautiful, where they're both preparing to hear something they don't want to hear. I think they do a great job.
3: I kept
7: meaning to tell you guys. I wanted you to know, but. I-, I told Martha you guys were cool, but the idea of having to meet you, having to converse with you, it just spoked her somehow. That day, we had a terrible argument. From the moment I picked her up at the ice cream shop at JC, she was on my case about not having a rental car for the winter dance. She was saying, it's your way, ours, finally saying she's not good enough for me. I to explain her, but she just, she kept yelling at me as I was trying to drive. So said, she said, pull over right here.
1: So this was the miracle of snow on the one day when we really needed to have a snowstorm, yes. and there it was. We had almost too much, but <laughs> I <Right>. didn't complain. <laughs>
7: Everyone and everything, God especially, for letting this happen, because it turns out
3: I'm pregnant.
1: Now we finally meet the Martha alive, and it's this performance by Alison Folland, which as Barbet said earlier, just in her manner conveys the, the feeling of class difference between yeah. the family, the, the Ryans, and, and her family.
7: Obviously she's been, you know, getting around. I never even had a clue She figured it wasn't ours because we were always so careful. She's getting all wound up. I hate you. I never want to see you again. You know, she's even mocking me for, like, taking care with her, for using, like, only a wimp would would think ahead like that. So that's it. Let's go. You can have your baby or not. You can stay with your caveman or not. I don't care. So then she got all sort of...
5: Jake, wait, don't go yet.
1: Another witness and we see her face or he sees her face.
7: Look, I didn't mean what I said. I'm sorry.
1: So, Barbet, as I watch this scene, and we're moving back and forth in time as uh, as Jacob tells his story, uh, I'm reminded of the first of the many films that we've done together, um, Reversal of Fortune, where uh, we go back and forth uh, in time hearing different people's versions of the story that occurred uh, between Klaus and and, and Sonny Van Bulow, and how we explored uh, uh, when in a sentence do you cut to a scene in a different point in time, and how much do you overlap or you don't overlap? And I remember that was an experiment that, uh, or that was a really it was an experiment where we really discovered the best way to to transition uh, with voiceover narration uh, through time. And of course, uh, uh, the important
0: point of uh, before uh, uh, of before and after is that normally normally it's his version and and i think there is no doubt about his version but with the with the Klaus von bulow we had two or three different versions that were conflicting and uh, so it was uh it, it was much more difficult but here i think this is true i think this is how it happened and this is very important to find out uh how this fight takes place.
1: Right, we're left at the end of his speech feeling that we know the actual events. Right. Uh, Whereas in Reversal of Fortune, the audience is left wondering, who do you believe? (laughs) Exactly, exactly.
0: And of course here, they see their son is innocent.
7: She still had the crowbar.
5: You...
1: Because she strikes first. One inch, one inch. One
0: inch to miss him, She she gets furious because she actually almost missed him. And now, she hits her once a little bit and she falls with the face completely on this awful, sticking thing that is now part of his late, latest work of art uh, of the father.
7: <laughs> it wasn't even something I was trying to do it. It wasn't even me. If so I just missed her by one inch, on edge, just like Like she did me. (sighs) My biggest problem would be do I say hello to her when I see her in the school hall.
3: Now we know.
1: But they each know something different, right?
3: If he tells it that way. They
1: each see it through their own lens.
3: He wouldn't be telling it to people who love him. No, they'll believe him. They'll see that it was just an accident.
4: Are you prepared to bet his freedom on that?
3: Well, what's the answer then? Of course he has to tell them.
0: That's where he says, Are you ready to
1: might be a certain way this should be, I don't know, presented. And here there's no cut, so it's, uh, you can only do this with very good actors. Yeah. Uh, but it's all one uh, shot. Yeah. With two remarkable actors and everything is conveyed. And you move the actors rather than moving the camera, Barbet, you bring Meryl in the foreground and so she walks into a close-up and we really can, can see her thought process. Yeah.
7: gone anywhere They kept the car Mom said something,
4: too, last night. Oh, Jake. It's not important, all that stuff. Trust me, it's not a problem anymore.
7: No, Dad, you can go to jail,
4: too. If they have to take one of us better, it's me. What are you saying? Jacob, listen to me. That night when I came out here, I didn't even know what I was doing. Pure instinct. Maybe I bought us a chance. They've got no murder weapon, no physical evidence, no witnesses. And we never heard your confession. You understand me? You never said it and we never heard it. Jake, you're not required to testify against yourself.
1: It's interesting to think uh, how this movie came about, Barbet. Yes. (laughs) It
0: came about because uh, Susan and me uh, really had uh, uh, an incredible uh, attachment to the theme of the story, to the the idea, and uh, how different it was for American cinema to have so much ambiguity uh, between two characters who were both good, because normally you have the good and the bad, and the, their fight and their triumph. And here they're both acting out of uh, total uh, love. And uh, so uh, we decided to go ahead and to push uh, Colombia to buy the rights uh, of this book that we, we wanted to do. and. Uh, it was really our idea. All the other American movies, studio movies that we did were, uh, when there was studio movies, was the desire of the movie, the desire of making the movie, was ex- pre-existing in the studio. Here, we bought them something, we said, we want to buy this, and, uh, and they said, okay, if you think so, okay, we go ahead. And then... Uh, we started uh, working on it and we got more and more uh, excited. So it was really uh, our idea. It was really uh, our movie. And uh, actually, uh, along the way, we uh, even before we started working on the screenplay, uh, uh, Meryl Streep uh, learned that we were working on this book. And she came to see me, and she said, I want to be in this movie. So then this really uh, helped us. To, uh, uh, and then I just needed to find an actor that was believable as a, as a creator, as, a, as an artist. And, uh, and I found uh, Liam Neeson. But uh, the whole thing was, uh, was really started uh, by us and uh, uh, so it was done for me it was done like a european movie where you you have an idea and you and you work and you work and you manage to make exactly your your project and um, this uh, actually we had many problems which was uh, first uh, that uh, we decided that uh, the snow was essential. So suddenly we had a new element. We had uh, the date of a star, the date of another star, and then the date uh, of the snow. So it could only be shot a certain period. Then it could only be shot uh, in certain zones where it was guaranteed to have snow which it didn't but (laughs) in the end what was this uh, uh, weather phenomenon that was there for the first year this was uh, some kind of uh, name you you don't know what I mean there is a a, a phenomenon uh, this uh, tropical storm El Nino El Nino yes this was the first Nino where it, it had never happened before. And we choose this town which was guaranteed to, <laughs> to have snow. And
1: sure enough, we have the very first Nino
0: land there.
1: <laughs> and... Um, it's the first time it came that far east because I think it's usually a west coast phenomenon.
0: But before that, before that, there was another big event, which was that the studio that actually had the rights uh, of the story didn't want to make the movie, uh, but uh, didn't want to let it go either. So uh, we, I don't know if we had the stars already, but we had an interest uh, from uh, Disney, and uh, they wanted the movie, and the studio. Uh, Colombia didn't want to let it go because they always are afraid you say what about if this movie becomes a big success we will look like idiots <laughs> and uh, and so they were resisting. So I ended up uh, preparing, to uh, make a hunger strike in front of the <laughs> Sony studios. And actually, just as a preparation, I uh, went there and I started looking at the spot where I would put my chair and my bottles and uh, where I would start the hunger strike in front of the studio. And I had some photos taken by my uh, my wife. And, uh, and so then I sent those photos to my agent. <laughs> uh, in order to motivate them to to actually put the maximum pressure and and it it ended up by working without me doing the hunger strike because that would have been too ridiculous <laughs> but still the idea was there i was really determined to do this movie more than anything so so uh, it ended up being made but then what happened was that uh, they looked at the movie and they said, yeah, I mean, it's great, great performance, but how do we sell this thing? Uh, What is it? Is it a a thriller? Well, maybe. I mean, who did it? Maybe. And then is it, uh, it's a melodrama. I said, well, maybe you think it's a melodrama. For me, it was the opposite of a melodrama because a melodrama has lots of, formulas in in the in the character you you—it's very standard. There is no originality. The characters are tropes in a lot of right, ways in right, a melodrama. Right. So, and all the work we we did with uh, with Susan West tried to deepen and deepen the psychological complexities and relationship between all those characters, all those little details. So it's it's really some kind of chamber music movie where where we we play on uh, intimate uh, emotion and character reaction in all. The, in all the different uh, uh, people, and everybody is animated by one thing, which is love. Uh, everything they do is out of love. So it was also something very different, uh, where you don't have a good person and a bad person. You have confrontation, but there is always love behind everything. And uh, so they they decided to to open the movie and uh, it didn't do too well to tell you the truth, so. Now,
3: he would say anything if you thought he could win back your approval. He, he never would... lost it, he never lost it.
0: <laughs> but for me, the the, the the luck I had was to have everything that I needed, every, every possible thing. Uh, there is nothing in the movie that I say I, I didn't do right, I, I didn't have uh, enough to do this or do this. I had everything to do perfect. And I had, most important of everything, a cast that was incredible. Not only the, the two main characters were absolutely brilliant and extraordinary, all the little parts were great. Mm-hmm. All the little parts. Uh, every single one. There are some little parts that, uh, you know, I saw like 10, 15 people uh, before being completely sure that this is the best of the best for that part. So it and and of course the big name to think, uh, to thank in, in in this case is Howard Fuhr, that I did also many movies with him and uh, I I couldn't work without him like I cannot work without you and <laughs> and so on uh, you know those were really uh, very faithful uh, collaborators.
1: And just to follow up, the Susan that Barbet uh, mentions is Susan Hoffman, who's his producing partner and uh, has a real uh, eye for screenplay and story. Yes. And uh, the two of them have also worked together a great deal.
0: And normally she should be with us commenting the movie, but (laughs) I I don't know what happened to her plane. (laughs) But this is, this is a, a, a great moment. Uh, this is a, a turning point. Now,
3: they had the ME's fetal tissue analysis and they had that blood sample
0: that we... The whole, the whole uh, strategy of the lawyers is working. The strategy of the father is working. There, actually, they have a chance to actually get him off.
6: Go after the girl. Attack her character. Martha Tavner just blew fifty sympathy points. Look at it this way.
0: Now look at her face. Now she is,
6: that is
0: our very best friend. Mrs. Ryan. Okay, now what's happening is that he reacted unexpectedly in front of a grand jury. Because this is very rarely Uh, dealt with in American movies, the scene in front of a uh, a grand jury where you cannot have a lawyer, where this is a very unsettling uh, situation, and uh, he reacts as his characters would, very emotional, very uh, uncompromising.
1: I think a lot of people don't understand how a grand jury works because a grand jury is really uh, the prosecutor's venue. So it's a it's a group of people larger than a normal jury. And um, the prosecutor is there. The prosecutor uh, questions witnesses. The grand jury can ask questions uh, also. Right. But as Barbet said, the lawyer isn't allowed to be in the room. So, so whoever is testifying has no protection from the prosecution. Yeah. And the idea of a grand jury really is to get a um, uh, to you know, bring someone to trial, right? To decide
0: if you have to go into trial, and once you are in trial, the lawyer can can start acting. But but uh, but you can end up in a trial just uh, uh, based on you base. It's based on the
1: grand jury. And grand juries operate in secret, in, in every yes. county in the country. Mm-hmm. Has a grand jury sitting that um, hears every crime and decides whether someone and should be bound over for trial or not.
0: And all the movies are always about uh, yeah. uh, the the trial, the theatrical of the trial. That's and, right. Uh, and uh, it it lends itself much more to to movies. And actually, uh, in this thing, we hesitated a long to to show actually, uh, but. We prefer to show the reaction after uh, for for Ben and for her also because um, it was uh, uh, it w- it was more dramatic
1: it increases the drama because you don't know what's happening right and then suddenly someone bursts into the room and and it's totally unexpected
0: mm-hmm. um, and we use that same trick for both actors and and uh, yeah they, I hesitated sometimes not to have a scene of where she where we see her decide uh, to act the way she was going to decide but here this is the preparation for that scene because she's now being accused by her own daughter, who has been watching and understanding everything from the beginning. too
3: young to understand some things, that's all. I'm just beginning to learn some of them myself.
5: Someday, darling. Don't tell and me someday! I can't stand is. it when you say someday!
0: So, every time, the other characters hear very Unsettling yeah, yeah. phrases from the others, from uh, the next room. What do you mean? Oof, now there is a,
1: a threat out. to threat. endanger the father. <laughs>
0: <laughs> another threat.
4: Carolyn, you'll sleep. Mm-mm. Abraham and Isaac, remember that story says to Abraham, prove your faith. Take Isaac, your beloved son, and sacrifice him. Why? Because I'm God. Because I say so. And Abraham is willing. He's very sad, but he'll do it. He'll cut his own son's throat, if that's what God requires. Very obedient, Abraham, but very righteous. But when they tell that story, they always miss the point.
2: <laughs> <laughs> who, who would want Jacob
0: for a fire? <laughs> so it's a nice, the real Jacob.
1: <laughs> it's a nice turn on the Abraham and Isaac story. A- Abraham, a, a, a well used. I- Abraham,
0: because that's actually what is asked of him to actually. Uh, right collaborate in uh, in putting his son away. So it's always dangerous when you are surrounded by the the public of your little town uh, in this situation, and things like that can happen.
3: and a thousand hours, not sleeping, thinking about Martha. And I just want you to know how sorry I am. I am so sorry. No
0: matter how sincere she is, she would never uh, be able to break through the pain of the other mother who has lost her daughter. So this is, uh, this is a terrifying scene for both of the actresses.
5: She was alive in the morning when I said goodbye to her. You're a doctor, you think about this where she is now. And nothing you say is gonna get any pity out of me. Oh,
3: I'm not asking
5: for your pity, I'm, I'm just. You're trying to get him off. With your big shot lawyer and all your money. He's free to walk the streets right now and you're trying and then to get
1: him off. these two actresses who come in, these two extras <laughs> do such a beautiful job.
0: <laughs> so now she had their daughter uh, attack her and then the mother of the victim. Uh,
3: Stay
4: inside, call the police. No, Ben! Yeah, go! Hey! Come here, you bastard! I did it! Let's get out of here!
0: And now this is very important. He takes the piece of metal and he's gonna use the piece of metal. So maybe he's more violent and able to to use the metal. Uh, So this is a little touch.
1: <laughs> you see his anger, you see he's
0: almost out of control. Right, right. So maybe he killed her. Maybe, maybe the hit from the bar, uh, from the crowbar, was more important than what we thought. your
5: fault. Both of yours. You've turned us all into freaks. Shut up, all right? I wish you'd never come back. Why don't you just stay away? I hate you.
4: I hate you. No. Yeah. It's okay, Jake. Sit <laughs> <laughs> ah! 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 down! okay, ah! 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 Gently, gently, gently. That's it. Come on, okay,
5: sweetheart. Let me look. Let me see. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. No, no. I can't.
7: I can't treat this hero. I'm gonna
3: have to take him to the office.
1: Well, you know, the scene coming up, uh, again, it's interesting because um, you've created a situation where you can give uh, the actors a specific action, and there's something very caring and intimate about, um, you know, Meryl here as being both a mother uh, and a physician. Right. And, you know, as a pediatrician, um, she's very gentle uh, but it's also her son that she's bandaging up, and it's also um, some very, very difficult and important information that's being exchanged between them. Or really, she's making a point for Jacob it, here, um, while the focus is on dressing his wound.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
7: Jude is right. You'd all be better off if I just disappeared. Maybe I still should.
3: And say that. I
7: don't mean just you. I mean. You I know, mean the, the whole town. I mean, that's what they want, isn't it?
3: No. No, Jake, those men. Those men tonight were cowards. If you saw them tomorrow in their shops, they'd smile and not really gave a change.
7: I'm the coward. I'm the coward. I feel like I'm being torn apart, you know? If I hold this in, it's like... a poison, you know? And if I I tell the truth, Dad will go to jail. He's
0: really great there, uh, Eddie Furling, in that scene.
7: Either way, it's
3: the end of us. Your dad will never, never hate you. Your dad loves you.
0: Can, can I have the sound a little higher?
3: And right or wrong, he always gives his whole heart. it be pretty overwhelming sometimes because he just always seems so sure but you don't have to be that way, you know? It is possible to disagree with someone and still love them. At a certain point, we just, we have to make our own decisions.
7: Risk so much for
5: me.
7: Mm. He didn't even stop to count the prize, he just did it.
1: The way that Meryl Streep uh, is able to split her focus um, on the many levels that are happening for, for Caroline in this scene where she's addressing her son, she's justifying the action that she's considering taking um, and dressing the wound. And
0: visually here we have, I had in mind the pieta, some form Ah. of pieta. Uh, uh, Beautiful uh, last shot. Uh, And here.
1: Again, we catch her in, now we catch her, it's like the next beat of her thought. Right. It's another day, it's another time, but it's like the next step in her thought process. So now
0: she's ripe for the next stage. And this is the great moment where she's confronted to the famous jury. And only the prosecutor is there, no lawyer. She has to swear.
1: And then what happened?
0: (laughs) And then, big moment, she destroyed the whole strategy.
6: I did
0: it disaster and there she's the real she becomes the she becomes the real hero of the movie a very dangerous hero but she is the hero now she has taken a, a decision against everybody else
6: talk well, Sorry to say.
3: 20, hey, look, 20 look, minutes,
6: come on. No 20, here. 20, here. 20 here. minutes. Sorry. What are they talking about? I said about? no well, story. OK, my turn. Jacob doesn't know, does he?
0: She didn't say nothing to anybody. Oh, Jesus Christ. The same way Ben acted alone.
6: Well, all I can say is I hope he doesn't have his son's temper because I worry about you. He
3: doesn't have his son's temper. His son has his.
6: This weapon, this, this, this carjack that you say killed, her. where is it now?
3: It'll never surface, I promise you. But I'm never going to say.
6: Did you ever see it? Well, then it's hearsay. Just like this so-called confession is your word against Ben and Jacob's, there's still no proof.
3: Panos, it was an accident. Why can't Jacob just tell the truth?
6: Jacob is my client, not you, not your husband, Jacob. And there's no way I'm gonna put him on that witness stand for Marion Rainer to cut to pieces. I'm gonna defend your son even if you don't. Even if it means hanging you out to dry. Me? Cold, vindictive. of crazy paranoid fantasies about your son and his low-class lover honey by the time i'm done with you you'll look like medea if
3: you try to go on hiding this if we don't at some point accept what actually did happen what
6: actually happened Carolyn? what's it gonna take for you to get this they tell their version of the story we tell ours and these 12 people decide the truth
3: it's not the truth you're talking about a, a contest. i think
1: this is a great i love this scene because it's such a great uh, analysis of the the American legal system. Right, right,
0: and it, and it's so dramatic because she just did a big <laughs> jump in the uh, in the strategy. She just changed everything.
3: We can't afford it anymore.
6: Oh, my dear doctor, you and your goddamn absolutes. You'll see what a shallow little thing your principles are when your family's blown to hell. And you won't be able to take back one single word.
4: Jacob, Jacob, come on, what? wake up. Come and hear what your mother's done. She's done a now, boy. She just couldn't keep her big mouth shut.
7: Dad, stop. You're what is on. it, what's wrong? She'll
4: tell you herself.
6: Tell him, tell him.
3: What life were we going to have, hmm? What kind of a life, all of us? I love you, and I wanted to save you. But save you for what? As what?
4: Everything he's been for 16 years, everything he is that, that wasn't enough to make him valuable. <gasps> You never wanted to see him. You brought him into this life.
1: You know, I always imagined that people would come out of the theater and half of them, as you said earlier, half of them would think that Ben was right and half of them would think that Carolyn was right. But uh, we found, particularly in the previews, yeah. that universally the audience uh, said that they sided with Carolyn.
0: I always thought that this was very heroic of her to, to go against uh, the grain like that and suddenly say the truth to the uh, to jury. the grand jury, that that made her a hero, but of course, uh, poof! When, when when you see what what it implies for everybody, it it's a real decision.
5: Hey, mom! Mom, wake up! Jacob's gone. What? Jacob! He's gone.
4: He's gone. Check the kitchen at the
3: back of the house.
5: I already looked. Look again.
4: he He's running again, and this time he'll never stop.
3: No, he didn't take
5: any clothes or food. I'm almost sure of them. Maybe he doesn't think he'll need them. Maybe he's going to drive that thing straight into a tree.
0: suspense
1: (laughs) and now it's spring
0: yeah but that was just after the 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 big revelation of her in front of the grand jury I think Mm mm-hmm That is a great set.
1: Was this something, I can't remember, is this something you, the, you no, found and dressed, or was this yes, on stage? Yes,
0: yes, we, we did a lot of work uh, to have a, a cage like that, and we a lot of research for it to be believable.
7: Just like I told you. But you won't believe this. It turns out that's not that easy even if you really want to. turns out that my statement isn't legal.
4: No, I... they have to
0: sign. <laughs> <laughs> Final irony.
4: Dad. You want this now. You think you want this, but Jake, you're still upset from last night. You're not thinking clearly.
7: Please, I am. I am. I am thinking clearly. And I'll do my best. Now
0: he's the hero, the... The boy is the hero. They take turns in being heroic, yeah, exactly.
4: <laughs> is that what you think this was ever about? For one minute. I don't care what happens to me. Why do you think I've been doing all this? You think I'm some? Some kind of a selfish bully. I've always got to have my own way. Oh,
7: now, do you remember what you said to me? You said the worst thing you can be called is someone who didn't stand up for his family. This is my way. This is how I've got to stand up. For us. For our family. And we'll probably take it with Jess' mom's signature on it. But I need you to do
0: this. So now we get caught by the movie, we can't talk about it.
7: (laughs) (laughs) I need this for me, please.
0: It's great to see, uh, to stay on his face, begging for a signature.
4: to act certain because that's what you needed for me. All of you. But I can not do this. I can never put my hand to anything that would take you away from me. I love you too much, Jake.
0: This is the big... Love fest of the end.
1: <laughs> well, and as you say, everybody is doing, you know, everyone's motivation is, is love. So, yes. um, you know, you expect the father actually to sign. Right. But the fact is, motivated by love, he can't.
7: I wish we could go back. I never knew how much you love me. I never knew that.
1: Oh, we have to get Judith in. <laughs> Can't leave her out. She's our observer. She's the audience's eye, in right. a
6: way. Langdale's a good judge. He's smart, he's fair, and I think I may have convinced him that the prison time in this case would be completely inappropriate. I think we got a real shot. But you sure didn't leave me much to trade with.
3: I guess we haven't been the most helpful clients you've ever had. Why didn't you quit, Panos?
6: I told you I'd defend Jacob. Or maybe I just wanted to see what you two would do next.
1: Hear ye, hear ye. Third district court is now in session. The Honorable Henry
4: Langdale presiding, all rise. Please be
2: seated. Having reviewed all the evidence and testimony in the case of the People versus Jacob Bryan, juvenile, this court is now prepared to render judgment. Martha Taverner's death, in the opinion of this court, was neither premeditated nor deliberately caused by the defendant. It was a heated argument, a mutually reckless struggle, but no criminal intent. Young man, I'm also mindful that you've expressed deep remorse, that you've made a full and free confession and done so at your own insistence without stipulating a plea bargain. Nevertheless, you have a clear culpability. By running away, by covering up your involvement in the death of Martha Taverner, you cast grave doubts on your own actions. And you short circuited the very protections afforded you under the law. Jacob Ryan, please rise. I find you guilty of involuntary manslaughter in the second degree. I sentence you to be taken from this place and confined at the juvenile correction facility at Framingham for a period not to exceed five years.
0: So this was really something that I added for the movie f- for her to realize how much damage she has done by wanting to stay. And uh, uh, So oh. that was some c- c- a scene that we added to be sure that people can understand what, where it was leading, what she, the, what the attitude of Carolyn was.
1: There's a price to pay.
0: Right, there's a very high price.
1: For both Ben and Jacob. Yeah. And
5: after. I look at Jacob now, and I think about how different our are.
1: And here we anchor the narration. Right. And a shot of her writing, which is great. And all in the same shot, we see Jacob being almost a regular kid for the first time ever. Starting to come alive
5: again, and it's scary, kind of. I don't know if that's even allowed.
1: And
0: we have the family again. Out of your life forever.
5: Any more than trouble, your whole life can change in a second, and you never even know when it's coming
0: some idea of hope with the bridge opening and the end. end. (laughs) So, of course, the bridge opening was all planned. (laughs) (laughs) It was the reason for the location. This is one way of doing a happy end.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) For me, it's a film that has real humanity and unexpected ramifications of people's actions. And uh, I certainly wouldn't call it a melodrama. No. But uh, an important drama.
0: Yes. It's definitely full of, sus- of mini suspense and, uh, and, and full of uh, dramas and full of surprises. <laughs> But all that in a very uh, chamber mode. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Yeah. and very human, yes.